Uh, this guy is called the Standing Streamer. Wrestling with regret, you're watching putting you over. Oh, look at that belt! What belt? Where? <laughs> oh, our, our, our guest, guest is here. Jay oh. Walker is here. Well, then let me hit my cool professional little uh transition on the stream. Uh, please work. Please work. <laughs> exactly. Please work. It does work. And I think it even says, I am Jay Walker over there for your Twitter. I believe that's what it says. Right on. Yes. Awesome. You can hear me good? Yeah, so far so good anyways. Yeah, so far. Yeah, I usually yell and slur my words or talk over myself. Welcome to the show. Still early. What's that? Still early. <laughs> it's still early. Yeah. Well, I had no kids today, so it's been, uh, it was early, earlier. But, um, how you doing? Thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah. No, it's, yeah. uh, pretty excited here to chat with you guys. Should be good. And then, uh, so that championship belt, that's the PCW, uh, belt right there? Canadian championship. Canadian champion. Look at that thing. Wow. Yes. For, is that, uh, now you've had that belt four times now. That's right. Yeah, right now I'm on my fourth reign, and uh, with COVID in the way, nobody in sight for title defenses right now. <laughs> no, it's just you can carry it around. You can wear it while you make dinner. You eat your Canadian bacon uh, with that <laughs> belt on. We were discussing Canadian bacon earlier. Uh, we had some uh, generic viewer in here talking about uh, how Canadian bacon is is just ham. So, uh, but we got rid of him. <laughs> But uh, anyways, so um, what was your first wrestling memory? The first thing that comes to mind uh, growing up? Uh, man, I've been around for forever. So uh, my, my parents owned a restaurant and used to rent out VHSs. That's how far back we go on the story. And uh, wow. one of the posters popped up for WrestleMania 6. We got the VHS cassette in. You know, classic Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan on the cover with the thunder and lightning, yep. and I think they're on the moon or something like that. Yeah. And uh, right away, I had to check that out as a young kid. 
uh, and popped in that tape and it was Rick Martel and Coco Beware out first and hooked since then. So, uh, yeah, it's been quite a while. Yeah. Um, I remember, uh, a place in my town, it wasn't a restaurant, but it was like a, a convenience store and they would rent videos out of it. And the best thing about them was, uh, you didn't have to pay. You didn't have to pay to rent it. You pay when you returned it. And the price was always the same. So let's just say, for example, it was $2 to rent. But you could keep it for as long as you wanted. Like, because that wasn't their main business. You could, so I could rent right. a video for 2 bucks, return it a month later, and it was still <laughs> 2 bucks. And uh, That's a pretty sweet deal. It was a pretty sweet deal. I remember one summer I watched Wayne's World 2, Major League 2, and uh, so I just rented it at the start of the summer and then returned it at the end of the summer. So. Of course, you can't watch those movies just once. No, never, never. But um, so WrestleMania six, you see Rick Martel, Coco Beware, uh, you're hooked. Um, when did it occur to you though that actually um, you're hooked on wrestling? When did it occur though that that's actually what you wanted to do? Like that quote unquote aha moment? Like oh crap, I could I could do that. I mean, growing up. You'd always impersonate the wrestlers, and I had two younger brothers, so of course I'd be practicing moves, and oh. you know I'd throw on little yellow uh, no-name shopping bags and rip them like they were Hulkamania shirts back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> but um, but it was probably six years later, WrestleMania 12 with uh, Shawn Michaels and the whole Boyhood Dream storyline. Oh, yeah. uh, as a young kid, like how could that not warp your little mind and being convinced to pursue a pro wrestling career? So ever since then, yeah, it was definitely guns blazing. That's what I want to do for the rest of my life, and there was no convincing me otherwise. What did your parents think when you told them that's what you wanted to do? <laughs> I, I mean, I was, I was never a bulky kid. I was never an athletic kid. Um, so they just kept telling me, you know, you got to put some meat on them bones. And uh, it didn't happen for a very long time, so they th- thought it was just some sort of crazy pipe dream. Yeah, they definitely were not fans. Are they fans now? Um, Dad's coming around big. I think. I think he's really impressed with uh, everything I've uh, I've been able to accomplish so far. Mom's still worried there's going to be some sort of life threatening injury that comes along, but uh, knock on wood, nothing yet, and uh, things are looking pretty good. So can't complain about that. Uh, you mentioned Shawn Michaels, uh, WrestleMania 12, Boyhood Dream. Uh, w- what wrestlers growing up? And in, 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 in now, uh, well, what wrestlers then inspired you um, as, as to be, like, inspired uh, your work ethic, your, uh, your, your style, your moves? Um, do you resemble anybody, or have you just been carving out your own? Have you been taking pieces here and there to carve out your own style? I get you, I get yeah. you. Um, I, think, I think it's just sort of a combination of my entire childhood. Um, I mean, not even my, my character stuff that I do, but uh, something Jim Ross would always say on commentary about a guy like Stone Cold when he'd, he'd be walking in, they would say he's the first guy to walk in the building and the last guy to leave. I always took that as the mindset to approach in wrestling. Yeah. Uh, so I, I made sure, even on day one, I was that first guy there knocking on the, the door to get in and help with the ring. And the last guy leaving, making sure that last piece is loaded onto the truck at the end of the night. As far as the character, though... Uh, it's really just this whole hybrid of my entire childhood uh, growing up in the new generation and even some of the golden year uh, era of wrestling. Uh, there's a lot of influence of uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, 
of Goldust, of Mankind, of Undertaker, uh, with uh, Bret Hart uh, layered in there as well. You know, Canadian, you've yeah. got to not be influenced by the hitman out here. Um, Ric Flair, there's some Macho Man Randy Savage in there for sure. It's really just sort of come all together into my own thing to find my voice and what feels right for me. But like I said, it's just this whole stretch of my childhood and the things that I really enjoyed in wrestling and taking that and trying to apply it in, in today's modern wrestling scene. Um, you, you said that you were never um, a bulky kid and that mom wanted you to put, uh, you know, your parents wanted you to put some weight on, uh, you know, put some, some meat on the bone. You said you, you weren't into sports, so you were not, uh, you're not one of those kids that maybe, uh, you know, plays all the sports, uh, athletic and into that. Um, so when you get in, started and you get involved and you go to training, uh, did you find it challenging, hard, difficult? Oh, 100%. Uh, as far as the original trainer that I landed on as well really stressed uh, being in shape and, and really looking the part. Um, so day one, uh, you know, trying to be forced even to just do 50 squats is something I'd never had to do in my entire life. So, um, yeah, like as, as much as my heart and my body wanted to keep going, it was literally my legs were giving out on me and shutting down. I just couldn't physically do that aspect. But um, the in-ring stuff just clicked right away. You know, I remember stepping my first step in a ring and it was just felt at home, you know? And uh, from that point on, it was just, let's do this. This is, this is what I came to do. What was it about that first experience stepping in the ring, even before taking a bump? What was it that uh, resonated with you that felt you felt inside like, this is, this is it. This is where I'm supposed to be. Is there one thing maybe? Yeah, like, um, I, I grew up in a small town yeah. and uh, not a whole lot of wrestling fans uh, in the area. Everybody was on hockey and other things going on in the Canadian scene. So um, and there was no roadmap to success in pro wrestling. And a guy who didn't grow up watching indies, you know, they weren't mm -hmm. a big thing up north here. Uh, there was no real community around pro wrestling. It was literally just me and uh, the online aspect, maybe like I could reach out to people halfway across the world in Australia and, and Germany and such that were wrestling fans, but there was no, no people face to face that I could relate to that enjoyed wrestling as much as I do. But the second I stepped foot in the ring and yeah. I saw other people with the same goals and ambitions as I do, and some trainers that have actually experienced it, it was just, this is what I've been searching for my whole life. You know? Um, I, I, was watching some of your, your work, some of your matches. And, uh, I, I noticed you, you did something that I really enjoyed your finisher. You, you were paying homage to, uh, those before you, uh, with your finishers. And, uh, you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Like which finishers you use, who you use and why you use them? Uh, the main three, it started off with the top rope elbow drop. Yeah. That is the Shawn Michaels and Macho Man influence, of course. Uh, eventually it evolved. Uh, I needed a submission, so I uh, took on the figure four. It was just something that flowed naturally, uh, incorporating a lot of Bret Hart's offense of working the leg and just uh, really applying a bunch of different holds and using the ropes with them. And then it evolved into... Um, people just hated my guts and uh, I, I just absolutely hated me every time I walked in just because I kept hanging on to this Canadian title instead of all their favorites. And so I needed a move that would just 
drill home that I love the fact that these guys hate me. So I adopted the pedigree, which oh. is, um, of course, related <laughs> to Triple H, who's not exactly uh, indie fans' favorite wrestler sometimes. No. Oh, that's funny. You're right. That would. <laughs> that would make me hate you even more. <laughs> Just rubbing it in. Yes. In all honesty. And you said, so you said you're from a small town. Uh, that's in, uh, and Vanessa's going to correct me if I'm wrong. Winnipeg, uh, on, uh, no, Manitoba, Canada. You got it. Right. right. Um, a lot of uh, rich Winnipeg wrestling history. Um, I just learned that, what did I just learn? Roddy Piper is from, from up there, right? Uh, Kenny Omega. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jericho allegedly is what we <laughs> we have uh, come to to say. Um, how do, how does the rich wrestling history up there so far up north? Like you said, it's hard to make connections. Uh, how has that struck a chord with you? Like you're following in some of the greatest footsteps. It's uh, yeah, um, it's weird because um, Jericho is somebody I idolized as a kid as well. Once mm-hmm. he came up. He's somebody I was watching before he made it anywhere, really. We were getting some of his Japanese tapes coming overseas and airing on, like, public television here in uh, Manitoba. Yeah. So I've been following his career for quite some time. Kenny Omega, um, luckily, I haven't had a chance to get into the ring with quite a few times. Uh, we worked for the same promotion, and he's somebody that I was able to learn from very quickly when just kind of getting my foot in the door in pro wrestling scene. Uh, those three guys, are, uh, Roddy Piper as well, are insanely talented like literally some of the best of the best and i think that's what it takes kind of to get out of this city because you hear of those three names but there have been hundreds of wrestlers in the winnipeg scene over the years and uh it's just a tough cookie to crack we're so challenged geographically as far as uh places to travel and places that you can really make a name for yourself if you really want to make it around here you really have to go for it and uh, those three guys definitely are an inspiration and have kind of you know, carved out the, a roadmap of sorts to follow to of what's really expected to make it in this industry anywhere. Um, that's perfect transition because that's leading into my next question. You, I stumbled upon you and Vanessa did. Well, Vanessa, my Vanessa's up in Canada, so maybe she has seen you at events. But I stumbled upon you through social media, and you have really uh, between you know Twitter and uh, your vlogging, you have used that to utilize. Uh, like you said, branching out um, because it's so hard where you are to get noticed. Um, how, wh- what is your, your mindset? What is your take on your vlogs, your Twitter? And how do you use that to basically get yourself over? Uh, social media is something I always sort of believed in. Uh, very early adopter of it. I just never knew the power that it would actually have and uh, seeing it evolve now and really mature into what it's become. Um, I finally just kind of stopped listening to all the doubters of, you know, if this would really work or anything. And I just went for it. Uh, I mean, I was on Twitter in like, Oh, seven, probably like a very early adopter. But once I started the the vlogs on YouTube, um, that culture kind of really came around recently. So, so I did a deep dive on that and I just started telling my story of, you know, what's going on in the ring in my career behind the scenes, what I'm dealing with, personally behind to try to make it to that next step trying to chase opportunities 
and uh, it just sort of snowballed and, and really quickly. And yeah. again, Kenny Omega kind of comes, I hate name dropping that guy, but it sort of helped, you know, he was coming around Winnipeg again. They were working on uh, his documentary, uh, which was a big deal up North here. And uh, it, it really kind of turned people on to what I was doing and it, it helped amazing. Like people started uh, finding out and discovering who I was and this kind of started discovering this local scene that we have. And uh, it, it's really helped um, just light a fire under me that, you know, this is a possibility that I have a little bit of, of a support system now if I wanted to go chase new opportunities right. out there. And I mean, this year, uh, there were a couple things planned that didn't go through, yeah. but, uh, you know, hopefully somewhere down the line, uh, thing momentum keeps moving anyways for me. Well, well, that's a great question. So for those that are in the chat live tonight, so th first of all, thank you guys for joining us. Um, but maybe those on YouTube that we, because we'll push this out there. Uh, why don't you let us know who the glitch in the system, Jay Walker, is uh, and, and just give us a little feel on that. Sure. Um, so I started off as a social media superstar, sort of this braggadocious, young, cocky, arrogant kid. And I did find some success with that. But uh, I've adopted the glitch in the system uh, mantra. And I think it more applies to who I am, uh, not only in the ring, but in real life. I'm somebody who didn't have the tools, who isn't your your fundamental wrestler or your your premier athlete. I'm somebody who has found their own way, their own mold, and kind of broken all the rules and made it work for themselves and done it at a very high level. I mean, you see the belt, right? Four-time yep. champion. Four-time. Uh, working with guys like Kenny Omega. I, I've been in the ring with some of the best uh, not all over North America and uh, I'm really just getting started. If, if you're interested in following me, the best way to do it is YouTube, obviously. Um, I got the matches and the vlog uh, episodes just to check out what I'm all about and some of the things that I just believe in in this industry. Yeah, Is that is your YouTube the same as your Twitter, I am Jay Walker? Yeah, I keep it all the same. Perfect. I am Jay Walker. That's I-A-M-Jay Walker. So it's really easy to find me anywhere. Awesome. Um, uh, Vanessa, have you I seen... I was like to say, oh. I enjoy that, you're, the glitch in the system, because I was thinking more hacker-style glitch in the system. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's what I was going I, with. That's how I thought. I'm not wearing it today, but I've got the... I, I do the hood. I've got uh, an LED... I've got some LED stuff, and there's some new gear along... That's coming along the pipeline. There's definitely a little bit of a hacker look, but there, there's a whole lot more meeting than just this superficial, you know, gimmicky look to it. No, for sure. That's deep. I like that. Have you Thanks. seen them, Vanessa? Good on you. Have you seen them? Uh... Um, I have not. So we, if you're not aware, we are we live in a very big country. So I, I, I am not aware. I have no <laughs> idea. I've been to uh, Montreal for some shows, some concerts, and some baseball shows, and that's about. So it. yeah, I'm in southwestern Ontario. So to get to Winnipeg is like almost a two day drive. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So it's it is it is out of the way. It is uh up there. But um yeah. So that that belt you hold though, there is somebody I believe. Now correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I did my research and sometimes when I do my research I don't check dates on certain things, so maybe I'm off. But there is a guy that holds a golden ticket. Is that true? Yes. Um Every year we hold a, uh, the company I work for is PCW, okay. Premier Championship Wrestling, and we hold a Premier Rumble. 
Everybody gets an opportunity. It's a rumble. Everybody knows the rules, I think, by now. They've been having them for over 30 years. But uh, the winner gets a golden ticket. And much like Willy Wonka, you can cash that in for a heck of an opportunity. And it's for any championship, anytime, anywhere. And uh, I've, because I've held this so much, the reason I keep losing it is because of people with golden tickets. Um, I think I've had, I forget if it's two or three cash-ins now on me. And I actually won... uh, the previous years and cashed it in to take it back finally kind of a little revenge (laughs) yeah um that is interesting uh with the golden ticket thing because i i was i don't know if i was reading something or i was listening to a podcast but i'd heard somebody had gotten the golden ticket uh they hadn't cashed it in but they stole the belt from you and then they had the belt yes Yes, so uh, the American Psycho Jail Spiker. Ah. Um, yes, that that was uh, for this year's Rumble. Uh, it came down to me and him, and I thought I was going to win it two years in a row because I really want to gun for the next uh, the heavyweight championship and uh, kind of be the top guy around PCW. But uh, he had a little bit of help. He won the golden ticket, and he stole the belt. Jeez. So uh, I eventually chased him down. We had a match, got my belt back, okay. but he still got the ticket, and... Uh, but I had to look over my shoulder ever since yeah. when I get back. So you had to fight him for the belt that he stole. That's right. Oh, ridiculous. <laughs> Sounds uh, like WWE booking. Yeah, he does sound like WWE <laughs> booking. And the guy still got a, he still got his ticket. It's like having the briefcase. Right? Yep. Got a match. Ridiculous. What a joke. Um. <laughs> pay, uh, all right. So. I say, like, we're in the pandemic. Holla Dead, who we just had on recently, says, are we still in the pandemic? I don't know. So I really don't know. But we were in a pandemic, and people couldn't do anything. So during that time, uh, was there anything that you picked up, any traits you learned, any tricks you established, or anything that you can use in the ring or out of the ring or anything? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I kept pretty busy. Uh, there was no wrestling going on. We put a halt to that right away, even though we had a big anniversary show coming up. Oh. We just thought, keep everything and everyone safe. And I think that's for the best. Um, that didn't stop me, though. I kept working hard. I kept trying to generate content. Eventually, the well ran dry because there's no upcoming shows. Yeah. I, I can't just film myself working out, talking <laughs> to the screen. Uh, it sort of becomes redundant. But uh, something did... Uh, keep the juices flowing the creative juices flowing and that was uh aew of all places oh. when cody threw out the open challenge yeah um a couple of guys try and of course warhorse uh, was making some noise but i decided to throw my name in the hat and i threw out a little video and uh i think it got like ten thousand views almost like it was up there like compared to any other indie guy like if Warhorse was number one, Jay Walker's name was sort of number two, even though everybody didn't hear about me. Yeah. But I kept making new videos every single week, challenging myself, pushing myself to really try to, you know, get my name out there, put my name in the hat, and maybe, you know, we'll start recognizing my name, seeing the content, and uh, maybe getting an email uh, one of these days. Uh, nothing came of it. Uh, the open challenge kind of got cut shorter than what I thought it was going to be. But uh, I think a lot of people got a, uh, a glimpse of uh, Jay Walker and the glitch in the system through those videos that they wouldn't have got otherwise. So it's turned a lot of different eyes on me, and it's stuff that I'm going to keep doing 
whether there's wrestling shows or not, somehow, some way, I'm going to find a, a way to make a name for myself. Uh, Bob in the chat says that your video was all over Twitter. He must have seen it. Um, right on. So that's good. So That's where I pulled him from was I was going through the Challenge Cody videos oh. every week. <clears throat> Interesting. So here's my question for you. So uh, last week on AEW, uh, well, I guess this week since we're still on Saturday, uh, Cody got the title back. So let's say he brings back the open challenge. Let's say he opens it back up. Are you, you're all on board for that again? hundred percent. I'm out there to break the code. <laughs> you know, oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, no, definitely hundred percent. Um, watching some of those guys challenge, uh, watching the, I, I feel a real connection with Cody. He's sort of old school mixed with new school and he really pulls at the heartstrings and really has that emotional connection with the fans. And that's something that I got. I, I feel like, like we're on the same wavelength on that. So I think that if I had the opportunity, him and I would uh, have quite the match. Do you do, you, well, obviously you keep up with today's product, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. Um, a lot of people from what I read on Twitter, which I take with a grain of salt um, sometimes, uh, were not happy with the fact that Cody came back and in got that title back um, storyline-wise. Uh, they felt, right. you know, he was pulling that Triple H card. And, <laughs> right. uh, I mean, where, where do you stand on it? Like, booking-wise, storyline-wise, because I know you, you went really in-depth on uh, storyline with that Firefly Funhouse with Cena and uh, Bray. So, uh, do you think it was the right call to put the, the belt back on on Cody storyline wise? Um, it's tough, right? I think that sometimes we get too invested emotionally yeah. in what we envision the story being. I think that we haven't seen the end of the story, whatever it is that they're telling. I think that they have a much bigger plan and they need to get to it. And I'm sure it's going to be a great big payoff somewhere down the line. Um, what I love so much about AEW is that it's a lot more unpredictable because we haven't, we haven't had years of context right. and the same kind of bookers behind the scenes. We don't know what's coming on. We can kind of envision it. We can kind of imagine. We can kind of see the parallels with everything else that's happened in wrestling history. But I think there's a much bigger story at play and we haven't seen it played out yet. Does it seem rushed? Does it seem like we kind of cut the legs out of Brody Lee before we gave him a chance to really run and, and show what he's got. Uh, maybe, but at the same time, um, Brody Lee seems like a priority on the show, and I think he's going to continue to be one. So whether or not he has the belt, I, I don't think it's going to matter. I think that uh, the way they're going is the way it's been planned since day one, and we're just going to have to wait and kind of grin and bear it <laughs> if you're not a Cody yeah. fan and, and see what the long-term game plan is. Uh, I, I hope... Uh... It, you know, it plays out in the end. The part I have trouble seeing past is like Cody dropped it, went away, filmed the TV, sh filmed the game show, came back, wins it. That's the part I have trouble seeing past. I try to, but enough of that. Um, oh crap. I lost where I was going. I had a great transition and lost it, Vanessa. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Totally no, cool. Here it is. Um, so, 
we were mentioning AEW, and uh, you you have a, a, a I don't know the right word. You 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 know you have a, a, a affinity. That's not the right word. You have you love you enjoy Cody his old school tactics and all that. Um, your phone rings. Uh, you get two calls during the day. One's from NXT. One's from AEW. Where do you see yourself fitting? Hundred percent AEW. Yeah. Why yeah. is that? Um, I I don't want to dive too deep into it, but uh, their system, is, the other system, the NXT system, yes. is looking for uh, super athletes that check certain boxes. Good point. Uh, they have such a big talent pool. They're not looking for uh, indie wrestlers. They're looking for athletes that can go above and beyond and, and turn them into wrestlers. I just don't fit what they're looking for. Where I feel like AEW would. Um, have the proper room and space and allow me to kind of find myself on the roster and, and really create my own opportunity rather than waiting for one to be dumped into my lap. Have you had any type of tryouts to help get yourself out of Manitoba? <laughs> Nothing yet. Um, Joey Janela's spring break is that oh, happening tonight. I was tentatively booked to be there in April, uh, and then oh. all of this happened. And now you're so, stuck yeah, out there in Canada. That would have been that would have been the first uh, first yeah. door opening. You're right, and, and I say stuck up in Canada. I don't mean it in a negative way. You oh, guys, that's how I feel. I totally agree with the terminology. <laughs> like you, you guys, right, Vanessa? You guys can't cross the border. Like it's right now. We can't. Yeah. So well, you can fly, but you can't. Like I don't know. It's the rules are so. There's skewed. a lot of red tape. <laughs> well, what was, who was it? It was was it uh, Tyler Turva or Tyson Dukes that told us the whole thing about crossing the border. You needed a a, a card like a if you weren't you green couldn't just card. cross or the not border. green card but like yeah visa a visa you couldn't just cross to do independent work. You had to technically be like like on a promotion, I guess, is the way I take right. it. Yeah, because yeah, uh, the Americans don't want Canadians coming and taking their, their <laughs> damn, jobs. Damn, damn Americans. <laughs> so, I mean, I get it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so uh, it, it's just the way it is. And, yeah, until there's a, a work visa in place by a promotion, which costs thousands of dollars, you know, things might not happen. Oh, that is... Or you end up in the same situation like Dukes with the Cruiserweight yeah. Classic where he was just crossing and being like, oh, I'm going to visit my aunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. That's Wrestling 101 teaching right there for international bookings. Yeah. And then he ended up getting flagged and that's why he couldn't compete any further in the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah, I learned so much. I've learned so much with all these uh, Canadian wrestlers just... <laughs> I and the thing I've learned the most is that America sucks. Pretty much, no offense. The America. land of opportunity, yeah. though. <laughs> it's the land of opportunity, unless you're, uh, you know, not American. I I not. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I don't even. Want Who knows? Um. So what are what? Uh, hopefully we're coming out of this. Uh, hopefully you guys will be able to cross the borders. I hate. I hate even. Even saying the word "you guys" makes me feel disgusting. Hopefully, <laughs> you will be able to cross the border and perform at the level I know you can perform soon. Um, so, what are your goals? Uh, what's your tactic? How are you, quote unquote, 
uh, gonna break free from the the small town of Manitoba. I just like saying that. It's uh, it, it's. I mean, I'm sort of rolling with the punches. I'm gonna yeah. create uh, as much content as I can, get as much eyes on me, so people can see me as maybe a valuable asset to use to help promote their shows. Whether that's you know a big event like spring break, whether that's a once in a lifetime opportunity at uh, national television on TNT, uh, even something smaller, whatever it is, uh, the point is to be ready for something like that and uh, hopefully uh, take every ounce of uh, opportunity out of a moment like that just to really uh open up everyone's eyes turns everyone ears on to to me and to kind of pay attention to where i'm gonna be next whatever it is wherever it is exactly um awesome uh awesome anyways uh what we like to do at the end of every show is i'm gonna give you a mic you can put yourself over you can put yourself anything you can let us know where you're gonna defend that title next uh, you can bury anyone. I I really don't care what you say. Uh, I will not interrupt you, Vanessa. You're not going to interrupt either, Vanessa. We're going to give him the mic. Uh, the floor is yours, my friend. Huh? Huh? Tough, right? <laughs> All right. You guys want wrestling? You guys want more wrestling? You guys love that professional wrestling? Well, then look no further than the social media superstar, the glitch in the system, the four-time PCW Canadian champion. You check him out on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Snapchat, on anything you desire. The matter of the fact is, I am going to invade each and every one of your screens until the day you die. Why? Because I'm the absolute best, the best of the best. And there's nothing any of you can do but like it. <laughs> oh, that was really good. That was so good. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yes, awesome. I think uh, you're like the first person to like cut a promo. Yeah, like, right? That was- Turn that, that was, on. <laughs> turn that switch <laughs> yeah that was good and i want to put myself over i hit the right uh scene switcher so it was just on him it was his own little screen with his graphics right his twitter oh it was great well done well done um Thanks, yeah anytime jay uh i want to thank you for coming on uh i left uh, a little on the table uh social media wise because i think you're kicking ass uh doing that uh, I loved your take on the Firefly Funhouse, but we can talk about that another time. Um, for sure. Definitely, for sure. Uh, I just want to say thank you for the time. Thanks for bringing the belt. And, uh, yeah, have yourself a wonderful night. Take care. Thank you very much for having me. It was a blast chatting with you. Yeah, anytime. Later. See ya. Awesome. Well done. Uh, this guy's called The Standing Streamer. <laughs>